Hello everyone, welcome to the Unapologetically Christian Podcast. My name is KG, I'm your host today, and today we have a special guest with us. It's my second podcast, first guest speaker, and it is none other than the incomprehensible paradox himself, Kunta Andal. (laughs) So Kunta, you want to just introduce yourself a little bit? Kunta Ando, um, also known as the Incomprehensible Paradox. I'm a philosophy junkie, um, particularly religious philosophy. Um, I'm also an educator. I'm a teacher at a secondary school, and I'm just obsessed with, you know, God and learning and um, everything in between. Thank you. So I'm really grateful that he said yes to joining me today. Because it's a little bit intimidating, you know, talking on your own and giving your own viewpoint. So it's a little bit better to have uh, someone to bounce bounce off of. So today's topic, uh, we're calling it the state of the church. When we say the state of the church, we're going to be talking about uh, the physical state of the church in terms of maintenance, offices, uh, the church's role in the world today. And we're going to talk about the church spiritually, the state of the church spiritually. Now, keep in mind, again, this is just my opinion and his opinion. Things may be different where you are. Of course, everything can't be the same for everybody. So if you have a different point of view, feel free to send your questions, your point of views, uh, your comments to unapologeticallychristian at hotmail.com. And next week, before I record the other episode... I'll try and get to those some of those comments and questions. So we want to start off today uh, talking about what society says about the church. And that's in terms of uh, the respect society has for the church, or lack thereof, separation and uh, authority. Now, Kuta, you give me your points of views to begin with, and I'll give mine. Or if you want me to go first, you let me know. Okay, I'll go first. Um... As it pertains to uh, what society thinks about the church, I think in general, um, you know, we know that the church is made up of humans, and we know that humans uh, are not the best uh, moral creatures. Um, Some of us do try, but the human race in general, over the span of our existence, have done a lot of things that are not uh, pretty. Let's just put it like that. And... um, there are some of us who have done a lot of things that are very great and outstanding and even mind-blowing. And as it pertains to the church, that is also applicable to the church, even the church of Jesus Christ. And um, so society has looked at that, and you know, I think some of our part of society has taken that as an excuse to say, well, the church uh, you know, has lost its value, the church isn't valid, the church isn't moral, the church is not what it used to be. And some people have looked at that and, um, you, know, so, you know, it depends on the society that you go at. So if you go in Eastern society with uh, people who, you know, follow Eastern orthodoxies, you'll see that they look at the church differently, much differently than the Westerners. Um, a lot of the Westerners have negative views, um, but those views, when compared to the Eastern Orthodoxies, are different in that at least some people you know, in the East consider church to have some kind of value, some kind of function. 
You know, the philosophy of functionalism is very strong over there. But as it pertains to the West, you know, some people are very quick to say that the church on a whole is totally, um, it's lost its value. And uh, I think that's what society looks at the church you know, in general. I agree with you. I, I can see from someone being in the church that the world has a pretty bad example as to what the church is. Because what they're judging off of is probably get their information from TV or maybe they even grew up in the church and something happened and they left the church and they've carried that throughout their entire lives. And that's the story they tell to people when people talk about the church. They say, oh, yeah, one time I was in the church and uh, this girl got pregnant. Well, I'm sorry. She's a human, too. And I think the world tends to expect the church to treat them as humans and oh, we make mistakes but they expect mm-hmm. a certain level of perfection from the church. Right. And if the church, exactly. if the church ever falters, the entire, if someone falters in the church, the entire organization goes down for yeah. that one person's mistake, especially if it's someone in the public, someone like on, on TV, maybe it's a televangelist. And in terms of uh, separation of the church from the world, um, I've kind of noticed that the church is entering this phase of um, almost like we're not supposed to be separate. It's like they're taking the scripture in the world, not of the world to another level. So there's like a whole movement that's saying, um, oh, you can't see my heart. Or you can't, uh, you don't know what my heart is saying. I might not know what your heart is saying. You are also to win other souls. And I'm sorry. Exactly. How can you win other souls if you look like the world? How do you approach someone in the world and tell them, hey, come into this different new thing where you're still going to be the same person. You're still going to look the same. You're still going to be able to act the same. You're still going to be able to do the same things. It doesn't. Yeah, it doesn't make sense to me. But I've noticed that it's, it's very prevalent uh in in the church mostly in these new um young churches i want to call them mm-hmm. With, these new movements yeah it's like a, a yeah. it's almost like a eating away of the foundation that they came up on it's like they're trying to build something new with a different mm-hmm. foundation yeah and i think that they, what they're doing is simply their you know the idea of tolerance is, yeah, is, is so uh, warped in the church today. Yes. and these new movements, what they do, they're so hyper tolerant. Yeah, you know, they're saying, you know, you can't judge a person. Um, don't judge me, and you know what? And they're gonna say, judge not, lest you be judged. For whatever measure you you, you know you meet, that is gonna be uh, reciprocated for you. And we understand that. But the Bible does also say, by someone's fruit, you will, you will know them. Yeah. The Bible tells us to come out from among them and be ye separate. Yeah. And that that is what the Bible tells me. So if I must be separate, I must not look like the world. I must not smell like the world. I must not speak as the world does. I must not walk as the world does. I know we're speaking spiritually. We must not live lifestyles of the world. So, you know, we're in the world, but we're not of the world. We must take that seriously. There's no watering down. And I know for some of us, it's hard to, to, you know, to reconcile that, you know, because we have so many things in the world that we love. 
Right. That's the cost of discipleship. If Jesus tells you to pick up your cross and to follow him, and if you can't do that, you're not worthy to be his disciple. Exactly, exactly. And well, I think that message, uh, it's really eroding in the church today. There's no... Um, it's almost like the church is losing its authority. So when we talk about the church, we're not talking about the true believers. We're talking about what people see out there as the church. And when you say the yeah, word church, yeah. you're talking, you know, the building, the people who go to the buildings every Sunday, sing a couple yeah. songs and come back home. Right? Because we know that the true believers are actually separate and actually doing the work of Christ. Yeah. And there's also been like a, a shift in the role of the church because, you know, before the church was all about um, bringing people to Christ. It was, we were here as ambassadors, we were sent on assignment, we are here to win souls, turn the world around for Christ. I feel like now it's more of a, like a feel good type of message. It's almost like the preachers are more motivational speakers than they are preachers of the gospel. So you want to, you feel down today and you want to get your spirits up, you listen to one of these um, messages and it always centers around God solving a problem for you and you coming out on top. And because the Lord said you're supposed to be on the top and because that's not your portion and because, yeah. you know, it's almost like they, yeah. they forget about people like Job who in their, in their state and in their distress said, though he slay me, yet will I trust him? It's like God doesn't do those things these days, you know? So like the... I don't know if you've uh, you've noticed that as well that that shift from bringing sinners to Christ yeah. to motivational speaking. Yeah, I can remember a time when I was younger. I was just about to go into high school, and I was very I was afraid. I was scared, and uh, um, I remember going on the internet and I looked up a motivational video because I was anxious, and I looked up for a motivational video and I saw a particular uh, pastor. You know, he's very famous um, with the initials J-O. And so I listened to him and I realized that up to this point, I have not, I did not receive a scripture verse to encourage me. What I did receive was encouraging words. Yeah. Now at the time, it helped me. But when I ran into another difficulty, I went back to the same video as if I was going back for another fix. Mm -hmm. And what am I saying? Now, the Bible encourages us to memorize scripture mm -hmm. because the scripture is profitable for reproof, for doctrine, for building up and righteousness and so on and so forth. So we know the scripture is important. Mm -hmm. But what these uh, people do is they speak words from their mind. Mm -hmm. They speak words from their experience and not from the word of God. Mm -hmm. So if you're not taking encouragement from the word of God, is it really profitable? That's my argument. That's and so I think these days we're too accommodating, you know, it's too much of a therapy session. Yeah. Right. We yeah. have places for that in the church. Yes. But what people need is the word of God. Yeah. They don't need to be feeling good about themselves. They need to, you know, in a sense, feel uncomfortable. If they're in a, in a position where they're being sinful and they're compromising, they're supposed to feel uncomfortable because the Holy Spirit is convicting you. Yeah. But if we, you know, we just want to accommodate them and say, you know what, you know, uh, you're, you're an adulteress, but guess what? God loves you. We know that. So 
why don't you tell her, you know, come as you are, and, you know, God will wash away all of your problems. He'll wash away all of your sins. You'll never lack again. You'll never be sick again. Listen, your life would be totally brand new. Mm-hmm. And this kind of doctrine, I don't approve of it. As a matter of fact, it is nowhere to be found in the scriptures. That's right. Nowhere to be found. That's right. And it's, it's, a, it's a come as you are and stay as you are type of thing. Exactly. But yeah. the Bible says that if any man being Christ, he's a new creature. So where that doctrine is coming from, I have no... Well, we know it's coming from the devil. We can't say we don't have yeah. any ideas. It's, it's coming from the devil. And I think it's an effort to water down the church or almost meld the church into the world, blur the lines between the world and yeah. the church. So that you're yeah. you're not really you're not really sure where these people exactly. stand. There's no distinction. Mm-hmm. And I think I think that fundamentally is the problem, because the gospel tells us that we are a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a peculiar people. Yeah. We were called out from darkness into the marvelous light, and that light is truth. Yeah. But if we want to blur the truth, you know, the Bible, Jesus, and he was very, uh, I think he was very serious when he was saying that. If you are the salt of the earth, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Not if, but you are. Yeah. You're the light. And if the salt has no flavor, mm-hmm. then it is good for nothing but to be trampled underfoot. That's a serious statement. It is. It when is. Jesus said that. He was speaking to us, the church. He's saying, if you do not have the truth, what you're doing is of no value to the kingdom of God. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And that's what I think a lot of um, these televangelists mostly, and we're, gonna t- we're, we're talking about the televangelists, not, not to pick on them, but they're the ones that the world is seeing. The world is not seeing me and you on the small yeah. scale. They're seeing these... Uh, mega church preachers on the television exactly. every Sunday. Okay, people use this title of Christian today. Um, back in the day, to say you're a Christian, people respected you. People looked at you and said, "Oh, that's a different type of person." They expected a so- certain type of behavior from you. Today, when you yeah. talk to people, everybody says they're a Christian. Exactly, they're a Christian, but there's no fruits. There's no. Uh, works their actions and their words don't match up they don't and you cannot look mm-hmm. exactly like the world and tell me oh yeah i'm a christian too something's wrong there right and i believe mm-hmm. whatever is inside will be portrayed on the outside so you can't yep. tell me you're a changed creature on the inside oh my inside is clean but your outside is dirty it doesn't make sense yeah exactly right so and go ahead what i'm thinking about here when it comes to the, the title of christian I think it's become something of like like decorative, you know. If if you can say it these days that you're a Christian, it means that you're good. You know, it means that you know God. It means that you're moral. Yeah. It means that you're not a wrongdoer. You're not a yeah. murderer. Yeah. I've heard people say I'm a Christian, and they just saying it just because you know they they can't say it. You know, yeah. we say these things. You know, the true Christians, we say these things and we know what we mean. We know that, you know, we're called to be separate. We know that our bodies are not our own. Mm -hmm. We don't belong to the world, but we belong to God. And we have to make some tough decisions. But some of these people, when they say that they're Christians, there's no difference. There's absolutely no difference. They Mm -hmm. overindulge. 
you know, they, they sin all the time and they're not repentant. And that's the problem. The problem is where, because the line has been blurred, the standard has dropped. And because the standard has dropped, the truth is not as, you know, as evident as to them as it should be. That's right. And, and talking about standards, you know, I, I think um, back in the day, people looked to the preachers to set a certain standard. Because I mean, when you accept Christ for the first time, you're a baby. You don't know anything. So you definitely need guidance in that beginning stages. You need guidance all the way throughout. But in those, sure. be- in those beginning stages, you definitely need a little bit more guidance. And that uh, mostly comes from uh, the preachers in the church or the people who have been set up in authority in the church yeah. to guide you. And what I'm noticing to, uh, you know, today with these preachers, it's, it's become more of a, a money, a power type of thing. Like, oh, I'm, I, I'm a pastor. I'm a... I'm a minister yeah. in the church. It's it's almost like it's become title. Like in the world, yeah. we strive for um, excellence in our academics, and you know, maybe you become the CEO of a company. You you brag about that. I you know, I'm a CEO. It's yeah. almost like the church does that. Like, oh, yeah. I'm a pastor. I'm a minister. I'm reverend. And some of these yeah. these these preachers, you better not forget their title. You never. You better not exactly. call them. <laughs> brother john yeah. oh i'm sorry it's yeah. pastor john to you you know and i don't yeah it's 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 disheartening yeah it's a big show and tell you know and you know these days when you go into church um and like you said if you you better not mistake the title you know um if they're a pastor don't say minister you know mm-hmm. uh, if, if they have a phd in, in i don't know theology to please say doctor you know, mm-hmm. and I think that, you know, uh, intrinsic humility that is in the Christian, you know, is, is being withered away. And I think it's because the same, we come back to the same thing about being in the world and being of the world. You know, um, if you're in the world, but you're not of the world, in the world, titles matter mm-hmm. because it's all about pride. And, it's a, you know, it's a big order of the, the big dogs and the small dogs, the puppies and the church. We're all one, and we need each other. We depend on each other to function. But if you're a doctor, and if you, you know, the the pastor, you know, that can't happen. And if that malfunction is there, it's going to have a ripple effect of unwanted cycles that perpetuate throughout the history of the church. And now we're here, Mm -hmm. where if you don't call me pastor, you know, you can't do this, and you're disrespectful, and you can't do that. And I think it's, it's disgusting, and it's sad. It is. And I think it's also because these preachers are so lukewarm and so so worldly, it becomes, I think, hard for members to to really understand what it means to be in Christ without them doing yeah. their own uh, reading, seeking God on their own. Because like I said, in the beginning, yeah. you need those preachers to guide you. And if you get... Yeah. If you decide to accept Christ, or we'll talk about that, what they call accepting Christ, in one of these churches and where they, they have this type of doctrine, this type of laid-back um, Christianity, you're in big trouble. They just go to the church to hear the sermon, to get a feel-good message that they hope will keep them through the work week until they see pastor again next Sunday. 
there is no yeah. reading on their own there is no and i think it's a little bit of the the preachers making them feel like this is all you need for the week like they'll say to you you know this week is your week those types of of messages that allows people to feel like um being a sunday sunday only christian is enough to sustain me exactly and what i'm thinking is that if you know every sunday you depend on that message you go through your week, however hard it is, and you come back because pastor is going to you know, give me another fix. What is that? What can we see in the world that is like that? Addicts, drug right, addicts, right, or any addict, right. right? And that is not good. If you're an addict to a Sunday sermon, you're not a Christian. You, you can never be a Christian. You're an addict to an, a feeling, and that is so dangerous. People need to get out of that groove. We need to wake up and, you know, pun not intended, we need to sober up. You know, we have to be sober and we have to be vigilant because the devil is walking about and he's like onto a roaring lion and he wants to steal and destroy. And, you know, if you keep telling people this week is your week, you know, God is telling me this and that. Well, guess what? What if this week a mother dies? Yeah. What are you going to tell her? And it's the middle of the week. Mm-hmm. She's not going to come back to you because you told her it is her week. Yeah. Instead, you should be telling people to trust in God, continue to trust in God. He's sovereign. Whatever he's doing, you may not understand, but he, you know, all things work together for good to them that love God mm-hmm. and are called to his purpose. But you know what we say? We cut around scriptures, you know, all things work together for good. And, and that's it. Yeah, yeah. And the person doesn't love God. They're not called, you know, they're just there in the church. And But we say, you know, it's going gonna, it's gonna to be okay. But guess what? Sometimes it's not going to be okay. Mm-hmm. And people come, you know, Sunday after Sunday for that fix. And so people, people are so broken. You know, they're so brokenhearted. They're, they're hurting. And you're giving them a false hope when you're supposed to give them the real hope, which is Jesus Christ. That's right. And if you listen to some of these messages, you hardly hear the name Jesus Christ. Exactly. You hear a lot of feel-good lines, a lot of scriptures that with no background, a lot of scriptures out of context, a lot of yeah. a lot of things that make you feel real good. Yeah. But it's not going to keep you and it's not True. uh most of the times it's not biblical. Sometimes exactly. things can be things can be true but non-biblical. You understand what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah, definitely. So, so I think they go, they tiptoe that line of things being true. And it's it's really deceiving mm-hmm. because it reminds me of what the devil did to Eve. You shall not yeah. surely die. It's like, it's a half truth, which is a whole lie. But they, exactly. give, you that, they give you that that little piece to hook you. It's like they, they, they send out the, the bait. And you're the fish, yeah. and then you start following that bait, and they're gonna hook you, and yeah. and then you're then you're on the hook, and that's it. You getting off is like, you, you sometimes people have to struggle for their life to correct some of the things they learn from these people. Exactly, exactly. And you know these phrases: it's your week, it's your season. You know, uh, this is your year. What does that even mean? <laughs> you know, sometimes I struggle to grasp that. What does that even mean? Mm-hmm. When I look into the Bible, I see, you know, uh, one of the wisest men who, probably the wisest man who ever lived, King Solomon, and he's purported to be the writer of Ecclesiastes, and he's saying, vanity of vanities, 
all is vanity. Mm. Now, this is the wisest man who ever lived. Yeah. The wisest man. Jesus Christ came on the earth and he said, you will suffer for me. Yeah. <laughs> you will be persecuted for my name's sake. Right. This will happen to you. The apostle Paul came and he said, listen, this life is going to be tough. I have a thorn in my flesh and I want God to take it away. I've prayed many times and he said, listen, my grace is sufficient for you. Yeah. We have all of the persons we know definitely were in Christ. They were in the kingdom. And this is what they're saying. So, you know, I'm just going to leave the decision up to you. If you're going to listen to um, a televangelist that has mega churches and he has a lot of people following him, or you're going to listen to the son of man. That's right. That's right. And I think that's where it, it's really important to stress the people. If you know, if you're listening and you're wondering about what you've been hearing at your church or what you've been experiencing, it's really important that yeah. you get into the word of God yourself. The preachers exactly. are there on Sundays to give a word, but you need to be able to sustain yourself throughout the week, uh, seeking God. Yeah, so the Bible says that God is a, a rewarder of them that diligently seek Him. Yeah, that's right, that's right. And it's a, this life, like you said, it's a daily, day in, day out type of thing. Yeah. So it's really incumbent upon us as believers to really know Christ because no one's going to answer to Christ for us. You're not going to stand before Christ and say, oh, I don't know. Ask Pastor Tom. Pastor Tom was teaching me. I don't know. Oh, ask yeah, this person. Yeah. I don't know. No, you need to know it for yourself. It's like when we're in school, the professor comes and lectures on the exact same material we have in the textbook. But you are still required to go do those readings yourself. Because exactly. not everything the professor says is going to be in the textbook. And they might test you on some things that were in the textbook, but they didn't say in exactly. the class. Yeah. So it's really important, yeah. I think, to stress to people that, you know, it's it's Christianity is not, a, you know, that phrase, life is a, it's not a bed of roses. People yeah. say bed of roses and forget that roses have thorns. Wow. <laughs> right? Yeah. Roses are yeah. beautiful, but this Christian walk, it's rewarding and you might not get your reward in this life. But right. you have to be willing to still walk this walk with Christ in this life. Even yeah. though your reward may come later. And I think these yeah. today the church is giving this message of your reward is now. And they equate blessing to money. If you don't get blessed yeah. now, that means you're doing something wrong. You don't have faith. Exactly. You're operating outside of grace. Something is wrong in your life. That's why you're not rich. And we're exactly. here giving people this message of if you're a Christian, you should have the cattle on a thousand hills. You know, they're your dad yeah. and you're a child of your father. So you should get it right. So there's exactly. this message of of all is well. Be blessed. Um, be, yeah. be good. Yep. And that's enough to get you into heaven. And what I want to switch into in this part here is about salvation. Because I, I also want, if people are listening and they don't know how to access Christ, you've never heard of this, or you're just real, you're just having an epiphany moment at this time, you, you know? Yeah. Salvation is, the Bible says in John three sixteen that for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. That's a criteria. 
to believe yeah. on Jesus Christ. Once you believe, there are things that naturally follow once you believe. The works naturally True. follow. Your works don't give you salvation. Exactly. But ex believing on the Lord Jesus Christ is the criteria. That's the, that's the qualification. The rest of it, it follows yeah. naturally. That if you believe in exactly. Christ, you follow the teachings of Christ. If you follow the teachings of Christ, you live the, the way the Bible says to live. If you live the way the Bible says to live, you're separate from the world. And it all exactly. naturally should fall into place. So anyone yep. telling you in order to get your salvation, you need to buy this or you need to pay for that or you need to read this book. It's all a farce. Jesus said, I am, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes unto the Father but by me or except through me, right? So mm -hmm. we need to believe on Jesus Christ. Exactly. There's no quick fix. Right. Um, there's no specific magic words, you know, that you can say. Right. Um, there's no special prayer. Right. Um, you know, all of these things that people make out to be, you know, such this magical moment that is going to happen. It's not going to happen. A thief was on a cross next to Jesus Christ. He was dying. And he said, Lord, you know, please. He was, he was, he believed at that point in time that, you know, Jesus, am I going to be walking with you in paradise? Jesus said, today, surely. Yeah. That is the blessed assurance that we have that Jesus is ours. Yeah. And there's, there's no quick fix. There's no money that can buy that. There's no special amount of deeds, no amount of prayers. You know, you have to believe. Right. That's all that's required. Right. Right. So I want everyone to know, um, everyone listening, Christian or not, uh, you know, having an epiphany right now or not, that you still, the Bible says today is the day. If you hear yep. today, you harden not your heart. You don't have tomorrow. You don't have even the next hour. Today is the day that you have. So I would encourage you to evaluate your life, evaluate your situation, see who you've been dependent on. Have you been dependent on your pastor every Sunday and Sundays only to get you through the week? Have you been seeking God throughout the week? Do you actually have a relationship with Christ? Because that's what it's about. It's about your relationship with him. We talk, we've, we've talked about all these things, you know, about the, the role of the church and and, and all of these, but there are still true believers out there. There are still people yeah. in this Western world. We like to say uh, if someone doesn't like us or something happens that we deem to be so unfortunate. Oh my goodness. All hell is yeah. loose in my life. There are yeah. people being killed for Christ today yeah. in, in the world today, in 2020, there are yeah. people dying every day yeah. for the name of Christ. So I'm, yep. I, I don't want to make your problems seem small, but I'm sorry. You've never been shipwrecked. You've never been bitten by snakes. You've never been in jail. You've never been beaten. And there are people going yeah. through that and worse right now for Christ. Yep. Paul says he counts it all lost to gain Christ. Yeah. Right? So yeah. I just want to encourage you that if you've noticed that you haven't had a relationship a genuine, true relationship with Christ. It's not too late to start today, right now. Yep. Not tomorrow, right now. but right now, today. Yeah, we don't know when Christ is yeah. coming back, but also you don't know how much time you have left. Exactly. You can die today and Christ doesn't come for another hundred years. 
Exactly. So don't worry about when he's coming back. Worry about where your state is today. At this very yep. moment in time, where are you at? If he shows up today, right now, where are you at? So I would just yeah. want to encourage you to, you know, I'm all for people guiding um, others into prayer. But just reach out to Christ in your own way. Because yep. you know what words you have to say. And if you have no words, you can just say, Lord Jesus, help me. I, I want to understand. Yep. I need to know who you are. And I... I guarantee you, if you genuinely with all your heart reach out to God and you say, Lord, I need to know who you are. Show me, reveal yourself to me. If you are real, you know, if you're doubting and he will show up for you in the most miraculous way, you will, will be surprised the way he will, he will show up for you. Yeah. So I just want to thank you guys. I don't know if you have anything else to add Kunta, to um, wrap up the, the convo. Well, I would just like to say, we're talking about the church. We're talking about, you know, these, all these stuff. So I want to just get it over. Um, when you've, you know, said this prayer, when you, you know, talk to God in your own way and you find a church or you find a community of believers, please remember what we've said. You have to look for the signs. You have to realize that you have to continue reading. It's not just Sunday after Sunday. It's all the way through the week. When mm -hmm. Jesus told us to pick up our cross, he meant daily. Right. And for some of us, it's not just every 24 hours. It's every second of every day. Because right. some, right. you know, some of us are addicted. And we've heard this message and we have to stop. And it's not easy to break away from addiction. So it's going to be every single second. But trust me, it's going to be worth it. And the church of Jesus Christ is real. The church of Jesus Christ is alive and the church of Jesus Christ is separate. So you have to come out from the world and be separate. Yep. That's right. That's right. And, you know, having this conversation, it almost makes me feel like, you know, like we're giving almost like a, an ambassador's report, you know, yeah. you're sent to another country and you, you're, you're home president prime minister whatever you call them calls you in and says um how are things doing uh on your assignment yeah and are you pushing forth our agenda because that's that's our thing yeah. right to push forward the agenda of our home country push forward the agenda of christ i hope you enjoyed this discussion it was lengthy it was deep it was rich uh if you have questions if you have comments if you have anything to say in general, any topics you would like us to cover um, later on, you can reach me again at unapologeticallychristian at hotmail.com. I will answer you. I'm checking my emails daily. I will answer you as soon as I can. And once again, I just want to thank Kunta again for joining me on this second podcast. I really enjoyed having you. I will definitely have you back again. <laughs> yeah, sure. <laughs> thank you it was good uh it was fun yeah. and once again ladies and gentlemen i am kg signing out jesus saves